Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the pet sitter guru and founder of Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. For the next two weeks, I am going to be tackling a big booger of a subject. Buckle up, we are talking about independent contractors versus employees. Isn't that such an exciting subject? Do you live in Alabama, Arizona, District of Columbia, Florida, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, North Carolina, North Dakota, New York, South Carolina, South Dakota, or Texas. Many years ago, back when I first started my pet business, uh, the IRS would use the 20-factor test of what they considered common law rules to determine if your workers were independent contractors or employees. Uh, Definitely, it was a little bit confusing. It was up for a lot of interpretation and kind of depended on which side of the line you fell on. Uh, Typically, of course, the issue wasn't as much with the IRS. It was more with your own state's Department of Labor. Of course, they do like to collect their payroll taxes. Uh, Back in 2012, At the time when I switched from contractors to employees, I was actually audited by my own state and thought that I was on the right side of most of those 20 points, but found out, unfortunately, I was not. I lost my own employment audit at that time. I'm very familiar with what those do involve. So now the IRS has moved to what they call the three-pronged test. It's similar to the 20-part test, but it is a lot clearer with more clear-cut definitions. So first definition of that three-pronged test is your behavioral control. So that's whether the business has the right to direct or control the actual work that is done. I'm going to actually give you some questions. There is an online assessment for my state. I live in Missouri. Of course, my state is one of the ones that was listed earlier. My state is under the common law or three-pronged testing. So the state has an actual assessment online and gives you questions to kind of help determine with their matrix whether or not you would uh, have your workers fall under the um, independent contract side or the employee side. Think about some of these with your business. Behavioral control. Does the business have the right to supervise the worker in the performance of the service? Is the worker required to comply with written or verbal instructions or procedures? Does the business require that all of the services will be performed by the worker personally? Does the business have the right to change the methods used by the worker or direct that person on how to do the work? And is the worker self-employed in a trade, occupation, or business similar to the services provided? Okay, so that is the first prong of the three prong. Second prong is your financial control. So whether or not the business can control the business aspects of the job. Does the business provide the facilities, equipment, tools, materials, and supplies to the worker in order to perform the service? 
Is the worker allowed a drawing account for advances against pay? Can the worker incur a financial risk in the performance or non-performance of services? Are workers reimbursed for their own expenses by the business? And then the last, are the workers eligible for sick pay, pensions, bonuses, paid holidays, vacations, personal days, fringe, or insurance benefits from the business? Okay, and then the third prong of that three-prong test is the type of relationship, the actual contracts, whether or not the relationship is a permanent relationship or on a temporary basis, and whether the workers' services are a key aspect of regular business activity. That is a key phrase right there, my friends. If you did not hear that, I will say it again. Whether or not the workers' services are a key aspect of regular business activity. Therefore, if you are a dog walking company and they are performing dog walking services for you, they are probably not an independent contractor. So those questions on the Missouri Assessment Department of Labor website. Can the relationship be terminated by either party without incurring liability or penalty? Are there any agreements, either verbal or written, prohibiting competitions between the worker and the business while the worker is performing services or during any later period? Is the worker represented to the business customers as an employee? Are workers free to perform services for other businesses or individuals during normal business hours? And the last one, is there a continuing relationship between the worker and the business? I know there's a lot of confusing information out there, but I want to make sure that each of you are crystal clear where our industry falls on this subject by the end of these two episodes that I have. So I do want to give you a little bit of an example. Uh, We actually have an example in uh, my own state uh, that pretty clearly answers how states that follow the common law or three-pronged test view our industry and the type of work that we do. And this was very telling case study to me whenever I researched it uh, and certainly clarifies what those common law three-prong, three-prong categories, how it really applies to our industry. So I want you to listen really carefully to this. And this information is all over the internet. So um, I will apologize up front if this business owner is offended, but her information is everywhere. Uh, I saw it in multiple case law um, information all over the internet. So 417 pet sitting. In October of 2020, so this is recent case law, the Missouri Court of Appeals uh, in 417 pet sitting versus the Division of Employment Security, uh, they upheld a determination by the Division of Employment Security that they did, in fact, misclassify their employees as ICs. So um, there is a lot of information on how 417 pet sitting did the work, but what I'm going to do is skip straight to how the Missouri Court of Appeals had determined that they did, in fact, have an employment relationship and these were not independent contractors. So the factors that actually indicated an employment relationship, uh, one of them was the instructions given to the workers. So they did determine that the company did exercise some control and controlled when, where, and how 
Uh, the service was performed because they controlled work assignments. They retained authority to remove pet sitters. If you have workers, independent contractors for you, do you have the authority to fire them, remove them from a job if they're not performing up to standards? That falls under employment relationship. They counseled pet sitters concerning client complaints. Have you ever done that before? They require pet sitters to follow client instructions. I know there are companies everywhere that say, of course, I use independent contractors because the pet sitters follow the client instructions. Well, I'm sure you require them to follow the client's instructions. Second factor was integration. The company primarily exists to provide pet care services to clients, not merely as a middleman. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, uh, apparently, that was one of the arguments that the company put forward is that they were just the middleman trying to take the rover claim that they did not actually connected directly by the pet care service. So the reason that they failed on that one, the owner personally provides pet care services herself. Wow, now that's a big one. So any of you out there that have a business, you use independent contractors, but you ever go out and perform services yourself, even as a backup, that is an automatic definition for the employee relationship. Uh, it holds monthly group meetings with pet sitters. It advertises to hire pet sitters who are looking to become a part of the team, which suggests a group of unified employees. Uh, I know out there myself, I see a lot of companies that use independent contractors and on their website, they say, we have a team, we have professionals that we provide for you. Well, um, that would be an employee relationship by definition. And of course, the last one for integration, it could not operate without the pet sitters. So the actual business is pet care services. And that is what the company exists for and therefore could not operate without the pet sitters. They were integral to the function of that company. Third factor, isn't this getting exciting? Services rendered personally. The company did expect pet sitters to personally perform service for the clients. So therefore they had an interest and a right in controlling these services. Now, if you use independent contractors or are considering it, do you plan on allowing any of your independent contractors to, let's say, hey, I'm going to a concert, I'm going to ask my neighbor to go take care of these pets I have on my schedule? Well, if you think that doesn't sound really cool for the way that you operate your business, you might be using employees. If your contract with your pet sitters prohibits assignment of rights or delegation of duties without prior written consent, that is a problem. The pet sitters, the company required the pet sitters to go through an application process and a background check. That failed them also. It required clients to sign contracts prohibiting third parties. That was a conflict also. And it individually bonded its pet sitters. So several things there. I know a few were a little bit surprising to me. So I'm sure they are to you. Okay, the next factor. Hiring, supervising, and paying assistance. 
They wanted to control who was hired to perform and assist. So there was some evidence that was displayed by the company that pet sitters could hire assistants and one apparently had done so. The contract still said you can't assign or delegate without the company's consent. They dug into the actual contract between the supposed independent contractors and the company and found all of these additional factors. So the company again stated using background checks and again stated that the third parties could not enter the client premises. Order of sequence set. Now these are some of the original things that were listed on the IRS 20 point checklist that they're going down. So you can of course look up what the 20 point checklist is. It's out there. Ask Professor Google and he will present it to you. The order of the sequence set. The company retained the right to control the order and sequence because they assigned pet sitters to various clients based on the client's needs, the location, and the sitter schedule, even though the client set the specific procedures. Hear that one more time. The company assigned pet sitters based on client needs, location, and sitter's schedules. That is an indicator of controlling the order and sequence of work. It also controlled pet sitter assignments and removals, and it retained a right to terminate pet sitters for failing to comply with duties reasonably requested by it. For example, you have an independent contractor assigned to a dog walk and they don't show up and you terminate them. You can't do that. That's an employee relationship. Another factor, continuing relationship. Now, this is one where I think the majority of people have to just close their books on using an independent contractor. Our industry is just not made for that kind of business model. What they found was that the company had a continuing relationship with pet sitters because it had contracts with pet sitters that were renewable every six months that the pet sitters had multiple clients at a time and could be reassigned to new clients at the end of one assignment. And the relationship between the company and the pet sitters continued even when a particular client was no longer in need of its services. So the intention of continuing relationships and a true independent contractor relationship is, I have a job for you, you do that job, end of story. So this is an example of that in our industry. You need a graphics designer to help you with a project. You hire them, they create a logo and marketing materials for you. It is a contract, end of relationship. That is truly an independent contractor. Okay, another factor would be oral or written reports. The company had a degree of control over the pet sitters by requiring them to submit regular or written reports. I think a lot of people I've heard that use independent contractors state that because there is a software program they use, that everything is controlled by the software, that that makes an IC relationship and distances them from the worker. But the company required pet sitters to enter client notes into an online database and required pet sitters to input completed tasks into a time recording website to generate invoices to bill the clients before the pet sitters are paid. 
little bit surprising on that one, I do think, using an online software program. Furnishing of tools and materials. They actually stated that this company furnished significant tools, materials, and equipment because they actually had an office available for the workers to come to. They had office equipment, timekeeping and invoice software, which were essential to the performance of the sitter's work. Um, even though the clients had the physical materials like, you know, leash, food, toys, all of that. And of course, the, um, the workers had some of their own tools also, but they considered the furnishing of tools and materials to be office, office equipment, and the software program. Holy wow. Because all of that was equipment and tools which were essential to the performance of the sitter's work. Not sounding very good, is it? Let's see, realization of profit or loss. Pet sitters were not able to realize a profit or suffer a loss. The company paid the pet sitters per completed task regardless of whether or not a client had paid the bill. And the company bared the risk of loss if the client did not pay an invoice. Well, looks like they were under the uh, employment agreement by making service available to the general public, that factor. Um, so it was found that the pet sitters did not advertise or otherwise put themselves out to the public as independent pet sitters. So they actually performed work under the company's name. Um, in other words, uh, oh, big distinction on that. If, uh, let's say you do use software and uh, the company, your company, invoices the client, but you have independent contractors, contractors doing the work. Do your clients pay you or do they pay the contractor under the contractor's business name? So let's say you hire Sally and you have Sally classified as an independent contractor. Does she have a legitimate business that is registered with your state and local governments called Sally's Pet Sitting? Does your client pay Sally's Pet Sitting and then Sally's Pet Sitting pays you their commission agreed on contract percentage? If not, they might be an employee. So, um, let's see. The pet sitters did not have individual business cards. Uh, there were uniform shirts that were available, but not required. And the company stated in the client agreements that it was agreeing to provide loving care for the pets specified. Very interesting. Right to discharge, uh, right to discharge, right to terminate, both of those things. If you are able to discharge, um, terminate, fire, let go, whatever you would like, your pet sitters at any time without any penalty or li liability by contract and can actually, if the worker does not do the job to your specifications, and you get rid of them, that is actually an employee-employer relationship. So bottom line, I know that was a whole lot, a huge laundry list. This is such incredible case study and perfect for our industry to really absorb 
and look at our own businesses if you are considering hiring independent contractors or if you already ha have them. Now is the time. What the court actually found was the the biggest things I guess that that the court found was that the company was able to direct and control sitters by counseling them regarding client complaints because uh, they refused to let the work be delegated to a third party because there was a possibility for the worker to be dismissed if they didn't comply with the company's rules. And because, of course, the company completely depend on those sitters' services to actually operate and be a legitimate business. So determined on that case study that, in fact, this was an employer-employee relationship. So what do you think about this? Do you use independent contractors or do you use employees? Uh, of course, the states that I listed at the beginning, I think that was like 16 states, these are the states that have the least amount of restriction on using independent contractors. So you will need to tune in next week where I dig into the other states, which are more restrictive. So if you think this was restrictive, wait till next week. Thank you for joining me on this episode. What is your next best move? I hope it's getting employees. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move?